Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. So we mix it up, mix it up. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. You can't find it in the Bible. You can find it in many Christian books, in many Christian radio stations, and I think that that is a scary example of being physically alive and safe in a gated community and spiritually dying. And the kids... Or dead. And, yeah, or dead. And the statistics show that it doesn't bear the fruit of God. It does not bear the fruit of God. It is true that those kids do not grow up to follow Jesus into the missions field. Those kids grow up to have a good college degree and have a good American life. And that is not in the Bible. It is very tempting in America to become comfortable. We all want a good life for our families. We want our kids to be safe. But is something missing? Today, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth caution us against being too cautious with our lives. We need to show our kids the adventure of living surrendered and devoted lives for Christ. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part five of their message entitled, Come Alive. That's another thing that I have to remember and you know, remind myself of on a very regular basis, that as the old rabbis say, he loves me because he loves me. I didn't do anything. Everything I did was bad. Everything I did was morally repugnant to him, disgusting. I didn't earn his love. I earned quite the opposite. He loves me because he loves me. And, and if I just remember that, I, I can't do anything to make him stop loving me. No matter how badly I may mess up or, you know, how badly I may misunderstand something or whatever the case may be, if my heart is to know him and to please him, then he will make certain that I know him and that at the end of the day, I please him because it's his righteousness that he will clothe me in. You see what I'm saying? Grace, we're talking about grace. If the heart is sincere, then he meets us in that. You know what? He remembers all the prayers that you've prayed to live a meaningful, fruitful life, you know, to, to have a life that matters. You know, what kind of life did you pray to live? What kind of life did you hope to live when you felt most alive in Christ? See, he remembers that. He hasn't forgotten any of that. I've shared with you before, one of the prayers that, one of the things that most moved me, I had a teacher almost 30 years ago now. And he talked about when he, you know, one moment he realized, I need God to do a complete work in my life. And he said, I realized that if I prayed that kind of prayer, there were times when it was going to get painful and hard. And so I told the Lord, when things get really hard and really painful and you're putting the heat on in my life and I start begging you to, oh, God, please take it easy on me. God, you got to make this go away, Lord. I start whining and crying and complaining. He said, don't listen to that guy because that's not the real me. 
because I want to be a giant in your kingdom. I want to be spiritually mature and solid. I want everything you have for me, so I don't care how hard it gets. I don't care how uncomfortable or painful. You do whatever it takes to grow me up in Jesus. And I thought, wow, that's a scary prayer, but I'm going to pray that prayer. And I did. And I've cried and tried to take it back many, many times. But he answers the first. You see what I'm saying? He's faithful. He loves us. The spirit of our our world and, you know, American Christian culture too much of the time is it's all about me. It's all about what I need. It's all about what's in my best interest, what's best for my family, my children. We're not given over to the decadence and self-indulgence of South Beach then we're prone to fall into the the opposite ditch, worshiping our own families. I see that as a huge problem in South Florida. It's a huge problem. You know, every strength comes with a downside, right? I mean, is, is a strong family a good thing? Yeah, right? I mean, God wants that, right? God wants our families to be, to be strong and healthy, and, but the enemy tries to pervert that little religious bubble instead of a supernatural adventure with Jesus. This is a very deep conviction of ours, um, and it's one we take a good amount of heat for, I think, because I fully believe that he's right. You cannot find that in the book. You can't find it in the Bible. You can't find it in many Christian books, in many Christian radio stations, and I think that that is a scary example of being physically alive and safe in a gated community and spiritually dying. And the kids... Or dead. Yeah, or dead. And the statistics show that it doesn't bear the fruit of God. It does not bear the fruit of God. It is true that those kids do not grow up to follow Jesus into the missions field. Those kids grow up to have a good college degree and have a good American life. And that is not in the Bible. It's not not, it's not against in the Bible. It's just not the point of the Bible. It's not the point of the Christian call. So we take it very personally. I've worked with a lot of teenagers who are utterly confused about what life is about because they do live in gated communities and their parents are terrified that they would actually follow Jesus. And they're Christians by name. And the kids are confused, and they don't know what's real and what's not. And so it's, it's, um, we counted the cost. You all know, you, many of you, and we appreciate it, prayed for our daughter when she was in Nepal or in India and very sick. And we knew, we didn't even know when she, where she was going when we sent her to Youth with a Mission. She, they could have sent her, as so many do, they could have sent her into Iraq or Iran or Syria. We didn't know. But we knew that if we held her back in the name of being safe, she would die spiritually because she was called to go. And every little disobedience is an act of death. Every obedience is an act of life. You see that? And either you can trust God or you can't. And if you can't trust God, then don't pretend. Just go do something else. But if you decide, no, I'm going to trust him, well, then do so. I've encountered, I've dealt with so many, and I've shared this story before, but, you know, one of my good friends from the old days um, lost her daughter. And she wrote a beautiful, wonderful article about the meaning of the word safe. And she said, you know, we, as a family, we've been to some of the most dangerous places on the planet. We took our children and ministered in Chernobyl after the nuclear meltdown over there. And, you know, when it was just incredibly unsafe to go there. But we knew God was sending us there, so we went there. We've taken our children to the, to the jungles, you know, to the Amazon jungle and all these different places. And then our, our 11-year-old daughter gets hit by a bus in the middle of farm country in Arkansas. What is safe? 
Beth Moore says, and she speaks to the church mostly, and she says a lot, if we are not very careful, like that kind of careful, we will protect ourselves right out of our calling. That's right. We protect ourselves out of the very thing we're called to do, and there is no grace for that. There just is no grace for that. Jesus repeatedly, in, these, in this church to Sardis, he constantly says, be watchful, watch out. He says it in both verse 1 and 2, and it's the same thing he says when he talks about the end times in Matthew 24. He talks about it all the time, and I want you to see the con what do we watch for? Do we watch for the bad guys in our neighborhood? What do we watch for? And he says it here in Matthew 24, beginning in verse 36. And he's specifically talking about, I think, he's talking about watch for the eternal versus the temporal. And, and in both contexts, it has to do with the rapture. Matthew 24, beginning 36. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also with the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and the other one left. Yep. Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour the Lord is coming, but know this that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. You therefore be ready. So the watchfulness has to do with being ready for God to come at any minute. Be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler of his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. In a sense, that's the point of everything we do, especially these love lessons, teaching revelation. We're trying so hard to spur each other on, to watch and be ready so that should he come now, we wouldn't be ashamed. Yeah, and this is how he blesses the watchful servants. He says, Revelation 3, verse 4, you have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments. I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. See, God always has a remnant. One may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus, Pastor Robert, and his wife Elizabeth, a threefold cord presenting God's Word in a way that will inspire you in your own marriage and walk with God. Pastor Robert's vision is that through this fresh method of approaching God's Word, that husbands and wives will be equipped to face the world on a united front. 
as one team joined together by God, sharing the light of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world all around us. Monday through Thursday here on Main Thing Radio, we share messages from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. But today's message is unique. As you listened today, we're confident that you heard from God through Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. On Monday, Pastor Robert will be back with us teaching through God's Word verse by verse. So make plans to join us on Monday right here on Main Thing Radio.